Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 98. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Keith Williams. Every week, we feature professionals in the skill trades, business owners, educators giving real-world advice. I have three requests. If you enjoyed the podcast and it brought value, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. Share one thing you enjoyed and something you learned on the podcast. Your sport means the world to me, and I really appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. So today's guest grew up in Cleveland, Oklahoma, and works in higher education. He started his career as a welder and now works on the training and development of tomorrow's skilled trades workforce. My guest says what he enjoys most about his job is the success of his students. My guest is proud of completing his BA degree while working, and during my guest's free time, he enjoys sports like hockey and football. He grew up playing baseball and football, Please welcome the Director of Training for Student Services at Tulsa Welding School, Chris Schuler. Thank you, Keith. I'm excited to be here. How are you doing today, Chris? I am doing fantastic. Yeah, excited to be here. Just want to thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for being on. Chris, I got a quick question for you because you said you grew up playing baseball and football. What positions did you play? Man, baseball played third base and football I played nose guard. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. excellent. Awesome. Awesome. You played through high school? I played up until uh, senior year, and then I, uh, I stopped playing then. I'll be 100% honest with you. My focus was on other things, and uh, I stopped playing. So, yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. And who's your hockey team? I, I'm curious. I'm a big hockey fan. Man, so I professional teams, I follow the Dallas Stars just because they're regionally, you know, here in Oklahoma, that's the closest that I can get as far as TV coverage. I also like the Boston Bruins. We have a minor league team here in Tulsa, the Tulsa Oilers, and they're affiliated with Anaheim Ducks. And, uh, you know, being here, that's that's what I do. I go to I go to hockey games all the time, take my kids. And then I'm also a season ticket holder at Oklahoma State. So, you know, Cowboy football would probably be the uh, my biggest uh, team that I support. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, let's get started. You started your career off as a welder, and mm-hmm. now you lead the training program at Tulsa Welding School. Can you share the importance of the ability to pivot careers? Because you've obviously changed your career. You know, I think I think the ability to pivot careers, it gives you more opportunity there, and it provides longevity. You know, with the welding side of things, I, I think I shared this with you when we got to talking initially. I started that because I didn't really have a direction I wanted to go and I started welding and I was pretty good at it and uh, no I worked for numerous companies doing shop work stuff like that my dad he actually came through Tulsa welding school in 1995 when I was 10 years old and uh, I remembered the school I remembered him coming home with his gear kit and we went through everything and I saw the stuff that they gave him and I thought it was super cool but I never really thought about trying that out as a career and then once I got in the industry and got started I saw that Tulsa Welding School had a job opening for instructors I was familiar with the program because he went through it and I thought man you know I'm at the point in time in my career where I've done about everything I want to do from the production side of things I've always had a good time mentoring and helping folks and showing them how the industry worked It'd be a pretty good opportunity to give back and I applied for it got the job thought that's what I was going to do from then on 
and then opportunity showed itself and it took off from there. So definitely, you know, longevity and unlimited opportunity, you definitely want to be able to pivot careers. So definitely, definitely. I just feel like job opportunities are available for those people who do have the skills to, to mm-hmm. build those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And always will, you know, I mean, this industry, I know there's emphasis on, on different things, but you're always going to need welders, you know, always going to. Definitely. I think a lot of people don't understand how almost everything that we encounter is touched by welders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's unbelievable. So, you know, there's, there's a great deal of opportunity there. So on a high level, what is it that you do in your job? Man, most people would think that I I work on teaching people how to weld, and that is that is the bulk of what we do here, you know. But I manage the faculty, I interview and I hire the instructors, work on scheduling the classes, making sure that you've got the right instructor matched up, teaching the right process. You know, I place a lot of emphasis on the hiring because everybody's got welding machines, metal material at their welding school. That's not what makes the school successful. What makes the school successful is the instructors. So that's one of the biggest pieces of my job. We want to hire people that, you know, can fill a mentorship role, obviously have the skilled knowledge of the industry, but also understand that these people that are coming into our program, they're not skilled professionals. They're coming to us to become skilled professionals. And you need a person that understands that and can provide that training that they need and at the same time be there for them through the ups and downs because you know as well as i do going to any school learning any new skill there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be hardships that you encounter and some of the customers that we have may have not had a positive role model or a mom or a dad aunt and uncle that could be there for them and be that support system and that's i feel like where i come in and where the faculty come in is we are that support system and we try to help them get over that hurdle so that they can be successful here so I would say that's the most the most important aspect of my job. Outside of that, you know, projects that we do, curriculum development. I'm going to speak a little bit more about a super cool project that we've got going on here, you know, in a little bit, but I'll wait till we get to it. But my title is Director of Training and Student Services, but I'm actually also the Regional Director of Training. So I have got a dotted line to our Phoenix campus, Jacksonville campus. Houston campus. And lots of times when there's curriculum updates or, uh, you know, something new that we're implementing in the company on the welding side of things, definitely I'll serve as subject matter expert on that type of stuff as well. Also serve as the partner with our career services department whenever they've got employers that are coming in and they're wanting the students to be prepared on a specific test or something like that. I'll meet with the employer, put together a training program so that we can get the students geared towards, you know, whatever that company's building or whatever process that they want them to want them to learn. So that's a rough overview of what I got going on. Captain, tell me, how do you know whether you have a good candidate to be an instructor? Because teaching is not easy. Because you need somebody who, first of all, knows the work. And just because yeah. somebody knows the work doesn't mean they're going to be a good coach. Exactly. you got to have both. How, that's got to be tough. Um, how do you... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I use the, I use the, I don't know if you call this an analogy or what you call it, but I say all the time, you know, we take people out of an industry that requires little to no personal interaction and we put them in an industry that requires a hundred percent personal interaction. So, you know, I've got, I've got well tests that I give the the candidates whenever they come in to gauge their skill set. 
And then I go through what we call a mock teach. And basically it's setting the candidate up. I give them time to prepare, you know, and I say, hey, uh, put together a topic, five, 10 minutes, something that you can speak about freely and do it in a mindset that you would do if you were relaying it to an audience that has nothing to do, no knowledge of the industry whatsoever. And that's basically putting them on the spot to see how they can speak, see if they can relay that information. And then during the during the interview process, you know, I ask them questions just like I like I mentioned previously. You know, do you have a problem with uh, mentoring people? Do you have a problem? I mean, if a student doesn't show up to class or they're having attendance issues, what's the type of conversation that you're going to have with them that he or she to, uh, you know, encourage them and get them back on track so that they can get to that goal. Because everybody that came to this program, they're wanting to do it to better themselves, you know. And life's going to happen for every student that comes through here. And the human reaction when things get hard is to quit. And like I said, if you've got a, a person that's coming through here that doesn't have a support system or doesn't have a positive influence, I need that instructor to be that positive influence and help us get that that student to that career that they wanted when they signed up for our program. So it's, it's difficult to do that. But, you know, you uh, I would 100 percent say I hire on attitude 100 percent. That's that's the person I'm looking for. I can I can coach your welding skills. I can't coach your attitude. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, it's kind of like I always look at it as a coach, you know, in sports. And yeah. you understand how to utilize the talent you have. And if you do and you know how to motivate that talent, then yeah. you, know, you might coach one person a little differently than another. Everybody responds differently. You can't, it's not one size fits all. We're, we're all human. So yep. that's that's kind of the analogy I use. And that's why I always felt like teaching, coaching, that's tough. It's, it's not easy. You know. But, you know, when, when you do it and you're successful at it and you see the results that it can bring and the impact that it has on somebody's life, it makes it all worthwhile. Definitely, definitely. And I would imagine the retention of your students, if students are not dropping out and they're happy with, with a certain instructor, that's usually a pretty good sign that they're doing. Absolutely. Happy students, stick, happy students stay, happy students graduate. So we want to put forth the best performance that we can on the education side so that, that they get what they pay for. Definitely, definitely. You know, there are many schools... You know, a lot of schools that do what you do. Why should students choose Tulsa Welding School? I mean, I think we're a proven brand. You know, we've been in business since 1949. The place doesn't stick around that long if they don't know what they're doing. You know, I definitely think our training's proven. We keep our curriculum up to date. We have program advisory committee meetings twice a year where we meet with employers around the industry to see what they're seeing. And, you know, any updates and, and things that we need to do to keep our program current. And we take that advice and we do put it in place. You know, our uh, our our uh, leaders are, you know, corporate leaders. They are all about customer service. They're all about taking care of the customer. And I think that emphasis shows when somebody comes onto our campus and sees the way our program operates. And, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound conceited, but I think our program runs well because of folks like me that have been here for a long time and have seen the what this program can do. You know, I've been here for nine years Started as an instructor, managed the night shift, director of training, regional director of training, and now director of training and student services. And, uh, you know, when you've been in, in an environment like this for nine years, you've seen just about every type of person that can come through here and what this program can do to change their life. And, uh, you know, I think it's I just don't know that you're going to find a, another program other than ours that operates as efficiently and is as proven as ours is. Yeah. And I would also imagine that, you know, because you mentioned you you know working with the uh, I guess you could say your vendors or companies. I would imagine you guys go out and build pretty good relationships with them. So Absolutely, you better understanding. You know, so how does is that does that touch your scope of work a lot in terms of the relationships with the uh, companies? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll get employers that reach out to me on LinkedIn or wherever. Sometimes they just call, you know, they'll call our number and they'll say, Hey, what do you guys have going on? But, you know, recently I, I was meeting with an employer the other day and we're hearing this more and more is these companies are just like, you know, how many people can you turn out? How quickly can you turn them out? Because there's so many job openings right out there, right there right now that there, there's not enough people to fill them, you know? And when I started in this industry back in 2006, everybody wanted five years of experience to get a decent job. And that's, that's not the case right now. You know, if you have good attendance, which I harp on every day to every student that I talk to, if you will show up and apply yourself, there's a job out there for, for those that are willing to work. And uh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely plays into my, uh, into my role because, you know, we have a student services department, but they need somebody with industry experience to, to pair with. And uh, typically what we do, we meet with that employer, we find out the test that they're giving, and we put together a training program, you know, however long it will take to get the students up to speed on that. And we drill them through that training program. And, you know, if they don't, if they don't show sufficient work for us here, we don't send them to that employer because, you know, we don't want to waste the employer's time and we want to make sure it's a good fit for the candidate as well. So. I like that. I think that that, you know, just listening to you, I think that's a game changer because yeah. you've got to be in tune with what the employer wants that's why they're coming back they wouldn't be coming back if you weren't producing good students and, you know like i said our, our curriculum it's it's proven our base curriculum but everybody has got you know there's niche market for everything and everybody's doing something a little bit differently and if a certain employer wants something done a specific way you know reach out and we'll we'll make it happen so no, i agree i agree 100 and that's probably the problem with some schools is they're not properly not not necessarily trade schools, I'm going to go, maybe I'll pick on the colleges a little bit, but some of the colleges, depending on the program year, are not always preparing students after four years mm -hmm. to go out into the workforce because those colleges and those particular programs are not talking to the companies that are hiring those Yeah, most, most dangerous words in business, or that's the way we've always done it. You know, yes. you always have to be evolving, you always got to be changing things. So that's, that's how you're successful is keeping things current. No, I agree 100%. What do you think is the biggest challenge? So like, you know, for new students entering your program, and I know you mentioned the importance of attendance, but what do you see as the biggest challenge for them making that adjustment from high school to, to your welding school? Man, I'll be honest with you. The biggest challenge that I think that we have make a student making the transition from high school to coming here is being homesick. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the biggest challenge for that age group. And I see it all the time. And, uh, you know, we have we have orientation with the new students. We invite moms and dads to come in and uh, we share contact information. We try to do a meet and greet so that they can make friends. And, um, you know, this is the first time these 18 year old, they're not kids, you know, students had had the opportunity probably to be away from home for any length of period of time. And I think that's the biggest challenge. Once they get here and they get involved and they start seeing the way the program works and they get their hands on things, they start making fire and start making friends, things go smoothly. But that first week there, that's the biggest challenge is, is, is homesickness. They got to they gotta tell mom and dad goodbye and say, I'm going to go learn how to learn how to get a career started for myself. So that's great. I'd be curious, what percentage of your students are coming from out of town? Because I didn't even think about that. I would have to get, you know, statistics on that, but we get a large, a large portion are from, from out of state. Yeah. So it's, I don't have exacts on that. I, you know, I could get, I could get breakdowns on, on, on that information, but. I was just curious. I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even realize that was something. 
Yeah. The last two orientations, uh, we have had a student from Hawaii in the last two orientations that we did. Yeah. We always do a little icebreaker where we go around the room. Hey, where are you from? Why did you start doing this? And in each of them, we had a student from Hawaii. And I'm just like, oh, wow. You know, that's that's that that says a lot about what you're doing when people are traveling that far to come get what you got. You know, Definitely. So. now well, most of them, when they finish, will they go uh, will they go back home because they're young now? Or will they get jobs in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area? Or is it just wherever they apply? A little bit of a mix. You know, back when I started, it seemed like, you know, back in 2013, whenever I started working here, and I kind of observe and talk to the students and see what their what their mindset is, it seemed like everybody kind of wanted to go back home and work somewhere close to home. But what I've seen in the recent, I say recent, probably last five years or so, is these guys, girls are willing to go wherever the work is. I talked to a kid the other day, and he was uh, he was going to interview with a company that we had that's doing traveling work um, above ground tank manufacturing, and they had uh, job projects going on in Wyoming. They had them going in Roswell, New Mexico, Phoenix, Houston, Shreveport. Gave a list of locations where they were working, and I asked him. I said, "Man, I said if there's a specific area you want to go, I said let me know." And he said, "I don't care where they send me. He said as long as they get a job, I'll be there and I'm ready to work." So that's that's the mindset that I'm seeing more and more of. So it's good. Yeah, you need that. You need that. Also, I would encourage young people, you don't have anything time you down. Go. You don't like it? Come back home. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm all about setting goals. And I think I think as long as you got a goal in front of you, it gives you something to work towards. And I mean, if I was 18 years old and, and didn't have a problem with traveling and I was getting ready to get into this industry, I would put a I would write down a dollar sign that I wanted to hit and I would figure out where I needed to go to get it and I would work till I got there, you know? And I think that's a good thing, good thing for these young people to do. Yeah. Also think by, I think as a young person, if you go off, you step out of your comfort zone, first of all, if you've done, if you've left home to go to school, you've already done something that's taken you outside of your comfort zone, you're going to grow as a person. Next, a job opportunity. There could be a better opportunity if you're willing to go somewhere else. Yeah. And like you said, you put a dollar, a dollar, you know, make an amount that here's my standard. And you follow wherever that dollar amount is. Now, once you've set that standard, it's very hard for you to go below that. Like if yeah. you set a standard that, hey, I'm a $30 an hour, whatever it is you want to say, I'm just throwing a number out there. Then that's your standard. That's both, you know. And obviously, you continue to, to work at a level that is deserving of that. But you've now set a higher standard because you took a chance and you went somewhere that you said, hey, here's where I'm going to, here's where I'm going to lay my hat. And so... That's addicting, man. You know, you, you, once you taste success, in my experience, once you taste success, you want to taste it again, you know? So you keep setting that bar and you keep raising it, you'll keep chasing it. And that'll, that'll keep you going in the right direction and open up a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Do you ever hear back from your alumni, like young people who've gone off and, you know, yeah. what have you heard back? And I, I give you a specific. I had a kid, I had a guy stop by the other day and, uh, you know, when he was going to school here, he had some hard times and uh, we had some pretty stiff conversations and it was just some, uh, look, you know, this, this is what's in front of you. This is what you need to do. This is what you're going to have to do if you're going to graduate. And he did. He did everything that I asked him to and, and uh, he graduated and he left. And I hadn't seen this guy in a couple of years. And uh, I was sitting here in the office. This was probably three weeks ago. And uh, he knocked on the door and he came in. And I, like I said, I had not seen him in a long time. And the last time I saw him, things weren't 100% great, but they were trending better. And man, the, the look on his face, uh, he looked better. He looked healthier. 
He had been out making money. I mean, he was in a positive spot. He went out and put some money away, was coming back to Tulsa, took a job locally, had repatched things with his family. Like, you know, the stories like those that are that keep you going and, and keep you motivated to do this, because that's when you realize that we do a lot more than teach people how to weld around here. You know, our mentorship goes goes way deeper than that and just bring things full circle. And, you know, those conversations are those are better than better than any payoff you could ever get. And that's what I try to emphasize with these instructors, you know. Like I said, I've been here for a little bit and uh, we've got some long tenured staff. I got some guys that have been here 20 plus years and uh, it's it's cool because it's consistent. Whenever the graduates come back, there's oftentimes a handful of guys that they always ask for. And that's what I tell my staff. Like you guys want to be on that short list. You know, you want to be one of the ones that whenever the, the alumni come back, you want to be one of the ones that they ask to see, because whenever you're one of the ones they ask to see, that means your impression made a lasting impact and you impacted that person's life, whether you realize it or not. And when they came back five, six, 10 years later, they still wanted to know what you were doing because you helped them out. So that's a, you know, for an instructor and educator, there's no better, better testament to what you're doing than having an experience like that. So. Yeah. I'd also say as a program, if you have people coming back, that's, that's a good thing. That, that's, that's a testimony. I would also I was going to say, I've got a lot of alumni that work on my staff too, you know, and that's, that's one of the best, I get my best instructors from graduates. I mean, I, I like to hire folks that have been through the program because they know how it works. They know, they know what's going on here. And it's a lot easier to train somebody that went through here to teach than, you know, cause they may have had an instructor, one of these guys that everybody wants to come back and see and learn from them. And then they mimic their career like that person and it makes them more successful in their job. So. Mm-hmm. I also wonder, and, and perhaps we're doing this, but, you know, these these uh, folks who graduated and have gone on and they've found success, do you ever connect them with prospective students? You know, maybe to give them some feedback or mentor them or to help them? Just, just so like from them. a recruiting, like a recruiting type thing, like have the graduates yeah, speak? Yeah, help them. Like, so if they're in the program or they're thinking, of, yeah, if they're in the program, hey, you know, talk to this person who graduated a couple of years ago, maybe for job opportunities or for advice and mentorship. So a lot of our marketing materials and stuff that you'll see, you know, our commercials and stuff like that, you'll see things that are like graduate connections and things like that, where we do use that to advertise with. On a personal level, I have not, you know, done anything like that, but that's definitely a good idea, though. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like they, they could, they're probably the best people to sell the program. And they're the best people to inspire the people in the program, you know, because well, now that that we have done, you know, with people that are in the program, if I have a graduate that comes back, that's had, you know, been having some success and obviously they want to be the type of person that you that's capable of speaking in front of a crowd, you know, because sometimes they go out in the industry and they learn some things that you don't want relayed to the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? That. But yeah, yeah, I we'll have come back and, and uh, meet with the class and just, you know, I think I like to use the comparison of it's kind of like whenever you're growing up and mom and dad tell you a story, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Or that's the way things go. And you don't believe them, but then somebody else can walk in the room and tell you the same story. And then you're like, Oh yeah. You know? So yeah. the instructors, I mean, they're saying, this is what to expect in the industry. This is what's going on on these jobs. And I think that's lots of times what can happen is they're like, oh yeah, that's what they're supposed to say. But when you can get somebody that's either in the industry or just got out of the industry or whatever to come in and relay their experience, then it kind of makes things real and it, it clicks, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, because they now, they see this person is actually on the job. And yeah, saying, right. Saying right. The same thing that instructors say. Yeah. So, that makes sense. So, you know, you're having people who are older, you know, with real world experience, who are entering your program, 
And how does that experience of having older students with, say, the, your high school graduates, what is the dynamic there? Because I got to believe that there's definitely a benefit for the younger high school students to be around some older students that have some life experience. I would say so, you know, and it's oftentimes that's a question that I get asked is how do the classes go? Because some people want to know, I mean, do you put all the high school graduates together or do you intermingle them with the adults? And, you know, I've seen lots of times there's relationships between these younger students and the older students where they do develop some camaraderie. And I mean, there's some nicknames that come out of it. You know, they may they may name the older guy Pops or something like yeah. that. You know, they kind of become a bit of a celebrity around here because the kids will come in and talk to me and you know, name drop them and I know who they are. So I uh, I definitely think that can be a good thing. And uh, it also not only does it show that, that you know, that, that anybody can learn, but I mean, it's there's not an age group there that, that needs to come to this school. This You can do this at any time. You know, we can teach any age group industry skills if they're willing to show up, show up and work at it. I also wonder, I, I know a guy who worked in IT and he lost his job. He's about 62 and he decided you know, he couldn't get a job in IT anymore because, you know, there is age discrimination. And so he used to be a welder and he went back to welding. And do you think that, and you know there's a strong need for welding, do older workers get a hard time? Or do you think that because there's such a need that they were hiring, they could do the job? Man, in my experience, you know, whenever I was on the production side of things, I worked with people that were younger than me, and I worked with guys that were probably, you know, 65 to 70. And as long as you show up and get your job done, there's nobody messing with you, you know? I mean, there may be some, you know, some joking around and things like that. You know, the young people get harassed, and the older people are going to get harassed. And I mean, it makes for a, you know, a fun a fun environment, but... uh I, I think right now with the demand of things that are going, I don't think there's going to be any discrimination on age or, or anything like that. I think if you show up and can contribute, there's going to be a spot for you. Yeah. I also think, too, that older people are more reliable, which is what people want. They're hungry. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, just because you're 60 or you're 60 something, you want, you, there are people who just want to live. They just want something to do. They want a purpose. There are people, I'm sure, who, who are in their 60s who work just because they enjoy doing it. Yeah. And you need people like that on the job, you know, because the people that are older like that, this is the deal. I, you know, there's hurdles and there's problems that you're going to encounter along the way. And that's what I tell folks whenever they talk about, you know, going to school, you're going to get a shortcut through a lot of those problems that you would encounter if you were trying to learn things yourself on the job. But when you're on the job and you're trying to learn, you got to have those old timers that have been there, that have done things, that have been working for a lot of years to try to figure out how to do things the right way, you know, and you get one of those and meet them and they take you under their wing and mentor you a little bit. I mean, you, you learn a lot from those people, you know, and I was, I was fortunate along the way that I had a couple of guys that kind of took me under their wing and, and taught me the way things worked. And I mean, it fast tracked my career big time. So those, those people like that are definitely, they're, they're a requirement in any, any job setting. So. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, I worked in sales and I remember we had an older guy who was hired and he used to be a sales manager. He was probably the retirement age, but he just was working with he just wanted something to do. He just enjoyed it. But he taught us so much. He was, yeah. He he was so sharp. You know, he had no fear. He said whatever he wanted to say. And people respected him. I can mean, he had, he didn't have a filter. Like say, he just let it go. You know what I mean? You know, like he wasn't afraid, afraid to cuss and just go off. Sure, but. He was older, so people he got that pass, but he knew what he was talking he about. Earned, he earned it. He earned it, right? He earned it. Yeah. <laughs> he earned it. Yep. But we learned from him. We just watched him. We just, you know, it, it really didn't enhance the department. And I know it's a different industry, but I mean work is work. If you have somebody who's older and more experienced, 
They're going to show you things that you just you just don't know. That you can't. You can only get through experience. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of experience, talk. Tell me about the Oculus glasses that simulate. I think we talked about that before. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So this is. You know, when we talked, you asked me something cool that we've got going on. This is the coolest thing I think anybody's got going on. So everybody is probably familiar with the Oculus Quest 2. So it's a VR headset. We have, so, you know, when the pandemic started, we wreaked havoc on every industry, not just education. And one of the challenges that we had was you can't put students right on top of each other in a hands-on environment whenever the pandemic's raging, you know? So we tried some different things. Obviously, you can relay information with video chat and stuff like that, but you have a struggle when you're trying to do hands-on. So our CEO called me and she's like, hey, what do you think about some virtual reality stuff? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical because I had seen some other simulators that I didn't think were really that polished, I guess, you know? And uh, I said, but I got an open mind. What do you, what do you think? And she said, well, I've got this developer that we're thinking about working with and I want to put you in touch with them to see what you guys can come up with. And I said, fair enough. So I had a, a one hour phone call with uh, the gentleman from Forge FX is the company that we partnered with. And uh, they said, what do you want to see, you know, so that we can see if we can do something like this, if you guys are on board. And I said, well, I want to see a TIG open route pass because I haven't seen a simulator yet that can do a TIG open route pass. And they went back, they spent I don't remember how long it was. It was a little bit. And they put together a demo and they sent it to me after our one hour conversation. I showed videos, pictures and stuff like that. They sent it to me. And it was amazing with what they were able to do with a small amount of information. So we started the project and we worked with the developer weekly. They would uh, send demos to myself and uh, my uh, co-worker out in Phoenix, Alex DeClaire. And they would send them to us. We would look at the look at the information. We would play with the demo that they sent. We would say, tweak this, change this, work on this. And uh, we did this every step of the way until we got to the finished product. And uh, that's where we're at now. So it's got 19 lessons involved. It's You can MIG, TIG, stick. You can do a 6010 open route pass, MIG open route pass, TIG open route pass on carbon and stainless. And uh, you can do 2G, 5G, 6G pipe positions. You can do fillet welds. You can do 3G plate position, you know, and it was developed by welders for welders, and it's it's not reliant on a Wi-Fi signal. So once the students have the program uploaded, uploaded to their Oculus, they can take advantage of this anywhere they want to use it. And, you know, I, I tell people that the benefits, I think, to this are, you know, some students, they come to school, they might be on a budget, they may have travel limitations, they not might not be able to spend extra time up here in the welding lab getting practice. And whenever they have the OcuWell, they can take this home and they can practice, you know, same thing that they're learning here on campus in a virtual environment. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, when you're in Tulsa in July and it's 120 degrees outside, that's oftentimes a better alternative. You can go home and practice with your OcuWell in the AC after you get done with the hot day at school, you know? So it's cool. I'm excited to see what it's going to bring, you know, to the industry. I've seen what it's done for our students. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback on it. And, uh, you know, it's a legitimate learning tool. It communicates with our LMS system. It'll give instructors updates on how much time they have spent in a particular lesson, how many times they have taken a particular lesson. It gives live feedback as you're using it. So, you know, if you're moving too fast, it'll say slow down. If your arc link's too long, it'll say get closer. So it's, man, I've been with this company going for nine years, and this is definitely the coolest project that I have ever, ever had my hands on. So we're super proud of it. I also think a lot of people are used to this technology, so it's not. Yeah. Really I wonder, is it a hard transition back after they've used it to go to the actual physical? 
Not at all. And, you know, it's amazing how easy it is for somebody that's never used anything like this to pick it up, too. We presented at a conference uh, night before last to some folks, and these folks were not even, the ones that I was we were showing how to use it, a lot of them had never welded before at all. And they were able to put it on and get started and start playing with it immediately with just a few seconds of coaching. So it's very user-friendly. And uh, no, I don't think there's any transition really from going to this to the, you know, to the real world. It's, if anything, they complement each other very well. And, uh, you know, they, they, they both work together. So I bet if we did, if we implemented something like this in school, we could get more people going to the world. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the with today's generation, you know, everybody's into video games and, you know, VR and, and stuff like that. And that's just that's just kind of the direction that the industry's going. You know, I think every industry is going to have some sort of a virtual training or something that they're using. And, uh, you know, I like to think ours is, is definitely the best one uh, for the welding industry that, that anybody can get their hands on. So. I'd be, uh, anybody got any questions or anything about that? You know, I'd love to, love to talk to folks that are interested in, in seeing what we've got here. So. Definitely. I'll have your contact information in the uh, notes of the podcast. It's great. great. Folks who are listening, this is offered to talk to anybody who's interested in learning more about it. I, I think you should take them up on it. I think it's something you're interested in. Definitely. Chris, I know companies are giving you feedback on your programs. What have you learned that's important for them when they're hiring somebody? So if I'm a high school student listening to you, what is it that the companies want from your uh, your students when they graduate in order to hire them? Definitely attendance. That is question number one is do they show up? And, you know, I tell folks all the time, I tell the students in orientation, this attendance is key in being successful in this program. Attendance is also key to being successful in the industry. I would rather hire an average welder with perfect attendance versus a perfect welder with average attendance any day of the week. Because if you can show up, I can show you what I need you to do. If you don't show up, you're no good to me, you know, and that's just fact of the matter. Something that has, has come up more in recent years with employers that I have noticed that they're very strong on is soft skills. You know, they're wanting soft skills from students. They're wanting them to be able to communicate and the attitude thing, you know, the same thing that I look for with instructors. That's the same thing that these welding companies, fabrication companies are looking for is attitude. They want somebody that's going to mesh well with their company's culture, you know, mission statement, everything. And they want longevity because companies are having so much turnover and there's so many job openings out there. They don't want to hire somebody that's not a good fit and then them turn around and leave because that just, you know, that's not good for anyone. So they're looking at finding people with good attendance, with a good attitude that are looking for a job and want to grow into a long relationship with that employer. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I, I, I get that. Hey, are there any resources, websites uh, that prospective students can check out or groups if they're interested in learning about welding? Uh, you know, I'm going to steer them to our website, tws.edu. Uh, there's there's lots of information on there. Uh, they can learn how to get in touch with somebody at the school if they want to schedule a tour. That's definitely where I would where I would direct someone. Excellent. Also, how does the education, training, and certifications impact? So when people get more education certifications, I, I interviewed a uh, welding instructor that she was talking about. She wanted to get her CWI certification. How does, and I know that you're somebody who's big on education and training, how does that impact people's income? Because I think everybody can understand that. Yeah, I mean, I am a, uh, I'm a firm believer in living proof of the more you learn, the more you earn, you know, so I think, I think uh, when a person gets to the point where they think they know everything, that's a dangerous place to be because you never know everything, you know, so I am a strong proponent for never uh, stopping your education, always learn, always ask. 
uh, there's a specific certification that sets you apart from everybody else. That's the one that you want to go get. So, uh, you know, definitely more training, uh, more things like that. That's definitely going to increase your value to, to employers and make you more marketable. So, Are there any certifications at your school for people who finish would you recommend to come back? So if I, I graduate, I become a welder. Is there something, is there not, is there an education or training that they can take when they come back to so, school? So we have got more than one program here. Uh, we have got the professional welder program, obviously, you know, and, and we have also got an associates in occupational studies of welding technology. And uh, that program is geared towards a career in inspection. And uh, at the upon successful completion of it, they actually leave with an associate's degree. So I would definitely encourage anybody that, you know, wants to further their education in this industry to, to, to go through that. We also are an AWS accredited test facility, so we can provide AWS certifications to our graduates and, and anybody off the street for that matter. You know, they just need to reach out and we can set that up. And then, uh, you know, something else that I wanted to advertise that we've just gotten approved for some new programs that we're putting in. We're putting in an electrical applications, refrigeration technologies, and electromechanical technologies programs here in Tulsa. And get folks ready for an electrical career and HVAC career as well. So we've got, we got a lot under this roof that, uh, that, that can, that somebody want to get into the skilled trades. There's lots of opportunity here. So definitely. And I can speak to HVAC. HVAC is, it's a good program. Uh, I mean, it's, it's essential. You think about air conditioning, heating, cooling. That's not going anywhere. I've also interviewed business owners in that industry and their numbers drop in the summer, meaning their employees, because it gets hot and people don't want to go into the attics. But that also creates an opportunity for people mm -hmm. in terms yeah. of the numbers drop in terms of your staffing and they leave people. If you're having a hard time finding people, they tend to pay more. And you get your education at Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa uh, Welding School. So, yeah, definitely. Final question. Please share how people can learn more about you and where they can find yeah. So, I mean, if you want to learn more about me, LinkedIn would definitely be the place to track me down. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I try to stay fairly active there, networking, reaching out to people and just promoting the trades and promoting what we've got going on here. If somebody wants to know more about the school, you know, TWS.edu is our um, website. So, so reach out there. We would love to have anybody and everybody that's interested come by and see us for a tour. We do have campuses, as I said previously, in Tulsa, obviously. Uh, we have got Tulsa Welding School Jacksonville. We've got Tulsa Welding School and Technology Center in Houston. And then we have a sister school, RSI, Refrigeration School out in Phoenix. And they have got the uh, HVAC and electrical programs as well as the professional welder program out there. So we've got a, you know, a large outreach, lots of outlets that folks can go to, uh, to get our information and uh, you know, skills that we provide are in demand and the skilled trades aren't going anywhere. That's There's never been a better time for somebody to join a career like this, in my opinion, than never been a better time than now. I agree. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Wish you continued success. Thank you. I appreciate it, Keith. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.